Hello, I'm Jacob Kruger, and this is the Write Your Screenplay Podcast. Before we get into it this week, if you're enjoying the podcast, there is so much more. Come check us out every Thursday night for Thursday Night Writes, a free screenwriting class online with me and the incredible mentors from our studio. You can find that at writeyourscreenplay.com slash Thursday. This week, we're going to be looking at Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty by Max Bornstein and Jim Hecht. We're going to be talking about how do you adapt a true life story into a TV show or into a feature for that matter. We're going to be building on our conversation from last week where we talked about TV Bible writing to help you understand how to translate some of those concepts into the structure of your TV series. And most importantly, we are going to be talking about how to develop your TV series structure around the hook that is most important to you. Now, there are a million places online where you can read about exactly what is true and what is not true in the adaptation of Winning Time. In fact, there are sites that break down literally every episode into truth and fiction. So we are not going to focus our inquiry there. Instead, we're going to be looking at how do you as a writer take this giant beast of a true life story with all this plot and squeeze it down into a form that you can actually structure and sell. A lot of writers make the mistake of believing that the hook of their series or their feature film adaptation exists in the true life story itself. And a pitch often sounds a little bit like this. Oh my God, it's this incredible story that's never been told. It takes place over multiple years. It's got the most incredible characters. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, Jerry Buss. It's got political stuff like HIV, Islam. It's got basketball. It's got all this incredible stuff. Drug addiction, right? So much incredible storytelling. The story basically tells itself. And the truth is the story does not tell itself. While the frenetic pace and feeling of winning time might make it seem like, oh my goodness, it's all this stuff together. Underneath all that is a really simple take, a really strong drumbeat that tells these two very talented writers and their writing team exactly what to focus on, exactly what the real story is, and where the noise is. See, this is the biggest problem in adapting a true story is that there is just so much noise. And where does that noise come from? It comes from you. See, in the process of writing a show like Winning Time, you are going to do a ton of research. In fact, if you're really doing your job, you're going to turn yourself into an expert on the Lakers. You're going to know every little micro detail about what happened during the period of time that you're trying to capture in your TV show or in your feature. And the result of all that, if you don't have a really strong central premise, a really strong structure to hang that all on, is you can lose track of the forest for the trees. 
the other challenge that happens is though we might imagine that we are the first person to ever think of telling this incredible story as a movie or as a show, the chances are you're wrong. The chances are there are just so many people pitching show ideas and movie ideas every single day. There are probably dozens of people who are pitching the exact same thing you are pitching. In fact, if you've targeted the right producer, there's a good chance that they've heard those pitches, that they've been looking to tell this story, and they've maybe heard 10 or 15 people's different takes on this material over the years. They've just never found the one that made them want to move forward. So this is the first most important thing when it comes to adapting a TV show. The hook doesn't lie in the history. The hook lies in you. The hook lies in what attracted you to this story. What is the piece of this story that you want to tell? If you imagine the story as a giant pie, you cannot eat the whole pie, not even in a series, not even in 10 episodes. The most you can eat is a nice slice that represents the rest of the pie. And even if you're building a show like Winning Time that's going to go for multiple seasons, that first season has to feel like a complete dessert, right? It can't feel like, well, there's a lot of pie to come. It needs to feel complete, like you went on that journey, and it also needs to open the door for you to want that next slice of pie next season. So this is what we're really trying to build. We're trying to figure out, well, how is my slice of pie different than the slice of pie that everybody else is cutting out when they look at this story? How is my slice of pie different? So there's an interesting thing in the structure of Winning Time. The first shot, the first sequence, we are watching Magic Johnson being snuck out of what seems to be a hospital or a clinic of some kind. And the man in the car next to him burst down in tears. And if we know much about Magic's story, we're probably making the assumption that this is uh, the moment that he found out that he was HIV positive. And what's interesting about that is it's a really obvious slice of the pie. That's a really obvious way to tell this story, right? Oh, we're going to tell the story of one of the great icons of basketball being one of the first public figures to publicly come out as HIV positive um, and, and the effects of, of that on his life. But interestingly, that is not where the series chooses to live. In fact, even by the 10th episode, the season finale, we still have not come back to that initial frame. In fact, that frame only exists to put pressure on the place where the series is actually focused. And this is a really smart call by the writers. If you are enjoying this podcast, please like, follow, subscribe, become part of our community. You can check out more, including a full transcript, all our classes and all that good stuff at writeyourscreenplay.com. You have to assume if it's an obvious take, you are probably not going to sell it. 
If it's a super obvious take, if it's the take that literally anyone telling this story would use, the chances are you're not going to sell it because the chances are the right people have already heard that take a dozen times. And for whatever reason, it was not enough to move them. Instead, you're going to have to find something underneath something more dramatic, something more exciting, something that is more compelling for you. Oftentimes that begins with research. Um, so it's important to understand the balance of research and writing. Um, by the time you are done your screenplay, you are going to be one of the world's authorities on whatever topic you're writing about. You need to be in order to have that kind of authenticity in your writing. But early, the important thing is not to know every detail. The important thing is to know what matters, what surprises you, what's the simple, the simple thing that you want to focus on that maybe other people trying to tell this story have not focused on. And when we look at winning time, we can see that the writers made some really exciting decisions. The first of which is, we're not going to see a lot of basketball. There's a really obvious way to build this, right? Where it's all about basketball. Where we're filled with super exciting sports sequences, right? Where it's, uh, where every episode has something that feels like the final fight in Rocky. But Winning Time makes a choice not to do that. That's not where the story lives for them. Rather, the story lives in the characters. So when do we see basketball? We see basketball to understand Kareem's journey from the guy playing his last couple years for money to the guy who believes, who realizes he wants it again. We see basketball to understand Magic Johnson's journey from being the wonderkind in college to feeling outmatched as a rookie in the NFL. We see basketball to understand Magic Johnson's relationship with Dr. J and how his idolization of his childhood hero allows Dr. J to get into his head and take advantage of him on the court. In other words, we see basketball in order to illuminate character, not the other way around. Like all successful TV shows, Winning Time is built around character. In fact, it's built around three really strong characters going on a shared journey. The first is Jerry Buss. The second is Magic Johnson. And the third is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And we are going to watch the way these three characters affect each other, take each other on a journey that transforms both them and their franchise forever. So that's what we're really building here, right? Underneath all the complicated storytelling, we're really watching the story of three dudes, two outsiders with a dream, and one who's representative of the old guard, the very, very best in the world, who's lost his dream. 
So this is really what we're watching. We're watching three dudes pursue a really simple dream. Jerry Buss's dream is to take not only the struggling Lakers franchise, but also the entire NBA and translate it into what he believes it can become, even though nobody else believes he's right. Even though he doesn't have any of the skills, the background, the experience that suggests that he should be able to do this, even though he is risking every single dollar he has, spending money that he does not own, bluffing his way to success among a bunch of creatures who are much more rich and powerful than he is. The second character is Magic Johnson, the guy who is the best of the best of the best in college, trying to make it as a star in a league where everyone is focused on Larry Bird, where everyone wants to talk about the white kid and no one wants to give the respect to him. A guy who wears a big smile every day in a world where you're supposed to be tough. And a guy whose need to conquer women, much like Jerry's, is potentially gonna be his undoing, not only in his basketball career, but also in his emotional life. So two guys with a dream, both outsiders, the first, Jerry Buss, he's got none of the talent, none of the skill, not enough money, no background in this, only a crazy dream to transform the Lakers and the entire NBA into what he believes it can actually be. Magic Johnson, on the other hand, the guy who has all the talent in the world, all the pedigree in the world, but maybe the wrong skin color, maybe the wrong attitude with his constant smiles and easygoing nature, and maybe a slowly shattering confidence in himself as he tries to make the transition to the big leagues. So you got these two fish out of water. And then at the center of it all, you've got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, a man who once had the dream, but who lost it. A man who has achieved the pinnacle of success. He is the best basketball player in the world. And he is losing his dream. He is playing for the last couple of years, trying not to try, trying not to care, fed up with basketball and doing it for the money. And he's still the best in the world. So we're going to watch these three characters affect and shape each other over an entire season. We are going to watch the power of an unlikely dream to transform not only Jerry and Magic, but also everybody around them. From Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to the other members of the team, to the coaches, to the entire NBA itself. So at the center of all this complexity is a really simple story about two guys with a dream, two outsiders with a dream, two guys who maybe don't have any right to believe that their dream can come true. It's simply a story about what happens when you go for that dream, no matter what. And in order to land that hook, to land that theme, there's a really simple structure that they're following, which I just think of as the 10 plagues. 
which is basically every horrible thing that could ever happen to a dude trying to create a basketball franchise or a super talented player trying to make his way in the NBA, it's going to happen to them. And almost always, those plagues are going to revolve around the coach. Because here are the crazy plot points that we're pulling out of history. A coach quits just when you need him most because he just simply can't take the idea that he might lose. You finally got the next coach of your dream and his best friend ends up murdered by the mafia. And so you lose him. You bring in another coach who seems to be a mad genius, but Kareem Abdul-Jabbar won't buy into what he's selling. You finally get Kareem and the rest of the team to buy in and that guy has a bicycle accident and the next thing you know, he's brain damaged. It's then going to get taken over by his understudy, his assistant coach, who's afraid to confront the team. And by the time his assistant coach has finally pulled it together, he's going to recover from his brain injury enough that it seems like he's going to elbow his way back in. So you keep hitting this team with plagues. You keep finding those moments where everything goes wrong. And then you've got your other plagues. You've got your money plagues, the big bank loan that nobody knows about that's about to come due. You've got the addiction plague, Spencer Haywood, right? And it starts the, this incredible power forward who you desperately need, who doesn't believe in the assistant coach, who ends up getting benched who comes off the bench to save the team, who then de develops a drug addiction that seems like it's gonna take it up, them all down, and who ultimately ends up off the team just as they're going into the championships. You've got the injury plague, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar finally realizing he wants it only to fracture his leg, play on the fracture and be out for the rest of the series. So, what the writers are doing, and hopefully you'll be able to do this too in your own writing, right? So it begins with a take. What is this about? And your take is going to be related to two things. Number one is the theme. What is most resonant for you? In this case, the idea of dreams. Not just dreams, but unlikely dreams. And the power, the capacity of a dream to transform not only the dreamer, but also everybody around them, even those who have lost their dreams. Out of that, you start to form your cast. You start to go, who is the most important character? And then what are the other aspects of the theme? And who are the characters who re represent those aspects? We've talked about magic and we've talked about Kareem. We've talked about Spencer Haywood now as well, a guy who, like Jerry, has some alcohol and drug dependency issues, but who, unlike Jerry, is being taken down by them, who's unable to maintain his own dream in the face of his addiction. But of course, we could keep going, right? Jerry West, who had the dream of winning championships, who is so haunted by only having won one, that he can't even enjoy the success of victory. He can't even do the career that he loves because his fear of failing is so strong. Jeannie Bus, the extraordinarily talented daughter of Jerry, 
The woman who, much like magic, actually has all the skill and talent, but has the wrong gender. And the question of is, is Jerry going to be able to see her talent? Pat Riley, the guy who doesn't even dare to dream, who in the first season doesn't even know what his journey is going to be, who thinks his journey, his, his likely destination is to end up a sportscaster, whose talent isn't recognized even as he moves from sportscaster to assistant coach and starts to win. So you can see that the different characters all start to become different elements of this dream. And these characters all start to put pressure on each other. They start to affect each other. And in this way, you're building out your cast in order to land the theme and the area of focus that you want to look at. We talked about Dr. J before, right? It isn't about his dunking ability. It's about his ability to get in Magic Johnson's head and make him doubt if he deserves the dream that he has. And of course, we have Larry Bird, right? The exact opposite of Magic Johnson, but a guy with the same dream, but a different skin color and a different attitude, whose every poor behavior is celebrated by the press, even as all of Magic Johnson's beauty is underappreciated. So this is what is being built, right? Every character is a reflection of the theme. And so once you start to understand your theme and once you start to understand your focus, right? This is the hook. The hook is it's, it's two guys, two outsiders with a dream transforming a league that you've never seen the NBA like this before and getting hit with the 10 plagues 10 episodes of things you could never imagine going wrong in the world of the NBA that happened to these guys and somehow transcending all of those things, somehow bringing their unlikely dream to fruition. This is the first episode of the Lakers dynasty, but this is also the structure of the series. Notice it's not the rise and fall of the Lakers dynasty. It's the rise. It's about the dream and the power of dreams to transform people. So once you know what that's what it's about, that's when you realize, yeah, no, it's really not about the basketball. It's only about basketball in relation to the dream. So this is what you want to focus on when you're doing an adaptation. What you want to focus on is what is your truth? Don't start with a hook. Start with your research. Start by reading everything, understanding everything, learning as much as you can about the subject, becoming an expert, but then asking yourself, what is most fascinating about this to me? Find what your theme is. What is that thing you really want to say? Not the whole story. The, the hook is not in the whole story. The hook is in your slice of pie, that slice that tastes the most delicious to you because it bounces up against the themes that matter to you. Who are the characters that you're going to focus on that are going to tell that story and how do they put pressure on each other in relation to the theme? What are the things that you're going to focus on and what are the things that you are going to leave out as you explore that theme and that hook? What are the things that are going to build that theme and what are the things that are going to feel like noise that are going to dilute it, that may be true but are not essential to the piece of the story that you want to tell. Now, what's really interesting when you start to do this is you start to realize that adaptation is actually a lot like revision. 
as we talk about in my Write Your Screenplay classes, in my Write Your TV classes, our early drafts are almost always so big and unwieldy that just like a true story, they haven't boiled everything down to the essence yet. And in fact, our job when we're adapting a true story is exactly the same as our job when we are adapting a rough draft of our own script. We are looking for the theme. We are looking for the essence. We are looking for the thing that is the hook for us. We are looking past the plot to the primary relationships, the characters and the choices that they make in relation to the theme that take them on a journey that make the plot of the story actually matter. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you did, please check us out for free every Thursday night, writeyourscreenplay.com slash Thursday. It's a free online class. We also have incredible foundation classes, write your screenplay, write your TV series. And for those of you who are really serious, you can take our ProTrack mentorship program or my masterclass to get a film school education at a tiny fraction of the cost. You can find out all about that at writeyourscreenplay.com.